episode of the CGA Tour podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And there's something I want to get to today before I start the rest of the podcast. And one, it's anyone who's not a fan of Mike Boyne for a couple of reasons here. So the first being, Mike Boyne's a great guy. None of us are going to say anything different than that. But the second being, there's a Dakota Gregory tweet here. Dakota is a friend of the show, friend of the podcast, where he put out information stats going back and forth with somebody on Twitter and kind of inspired this whole idea. Mike Boynton has coached for the Oklahoma State now for five seasons. This is his fifth season. First season, 2017-2018. Oklahoma State went 21-15. and 15. FBI news broke. NCAA investigated. Had to bench a player. Did not make the tournament. 18-19. Oklahoma State went 12-20. and 20. We literally played guys that were found at the Colvin. Who were shooting around at the Colvin and came in. Right? Great time. Oh, and a football player who's a walk-on. And they played they played minutes in games. Like a walk-on, D. Mitchell, great story, played minutes. 2019-2020, 18-14, good chance of making the tournament berth, but the season was canceled after a Big 12 tournament win. And then you have the 2020-2021 season where we won several tournament games, the number one all-draft pick, and went 21-9. So only one losing season so far under Boynton's tenure. Here's, here's the main thing. In that 2019-2020 season, Travis Ford also went to the tournament. Except for Oklahoma State couldn't because of COVID canceled the tournament, right? But if we're saying all in together that Boyden would have made the tournament two out of his first five years, or excuse me, four years that count because we can't make the tournament this year and Boyden's fifth year, then that's that's 50%. 50% of the time, Boyden's come in and been head the coach. Oklahoma State has made, theoretically, the tournament. I understand it's a little bit harder, but... The year that Boyden went 18 and 14, and the year Travis Ford went 18 and 14. Trust me here, I've looked it up. Boyden had a harder strength schedule. He did by like a whole like two points. So it's it's valuable. It means something. It's different. Then I want to get into the fact a little bit that maybe as Oklahoma State fans, we were spoiled a little bit. Brad Underwood comes in. We sweep KU. We sweep um we sweep KU. We sweep OU, right? Okay, great. But excuse me. That actually wasn't that year that we swept them. That's the year that we played Michigan in the tournament, lost by a little bit, and Underwood turned his back on the program and left the next day. So, yeah, there was a lot of hype. Red Underwood is great. We had the whole kind of you know deal with like the Netflix show kind of run of things with the Frank Underwood's deal with Brad Underwood, which now looks pretty rough, but glad Underwood's have both moved on. But Travis Ford, Oklahoma State, was a head coach for eight years, made the tournament five out of those eight years, and had a career-winning percentage of Oklahoma State of 58.3%. Did not deal with the guys getting suspended, with guys getting postseason bans. Did not deal with guys who, you know, granted had other stuff going on where they were kicked off the team midseason. Also, he did not have three five-star players. I'm, I'm aware of that. But two of those five-star players are on the team this year. We'll see how it turns out. Oklahoma State's 50-50 right now, 11-11 on the season. Not going to make the tournament because, of course, we can't. But last year, one five-star player, but the five-star player in the whole entire league. I get it. All right. So, you know what? Let's get Boynton's due. Last year, 21-9, and nine, win several tournament games. Should have won a couple more, probably. It is what it is. The main thing here is that when I draw comparisons for coaches, I go, okay. So, has Boynton been spoiled with Travis Ford's coaching record versus his? Ford had a 58.3% 
win-loss percentage at Oklahoma State. Boynton, on the other hand here, has a, oh, wait, wait for it here. He has a 54%. 54% winning percentage at Oklahoma State. It's not that bad. It just it just really isn't. It's It looks bad. It sounds bad when you're comparing it to Ford. But when you put in the 12-20 and 20 season with all the other crap that happened in that season, the 18-14 season, but in this season is also included. We're 11-11. We can't make the postseason. Several games if we've dropped, we shouldn't have. Like, Oakland game shouldn't have probably lost. The Texas Tech game probably shouldn't have lost. I mean, you know, Iowa State game, eh. K-State game at home, definitely. Or K-State game away, excuse me. Definitely should have won that one, you know. It, it is what it is, right? But maybe that's a little bit of just the guy's motivation at the end. Just didn't carry him through. Granted, the Bedlam game looked Fantastic. Shout out to Musa for showing up. The key guy I want to draw comparisons to, though, is Scott Drew. Scott Drew has been an amazing coach. He's been a coach for Baylor since 03 to 04. It's when he started that season. He's been a coach now for almost 20 years with Baylor. His overall career winning percentage at Baylor is 64%, 10 percentage points higher than Boynton's, and he's been head coach there for a while, so that makes sense. But... For the strength of schedule, for the simple rating systems, for any other key metric you would look at, Boynton kills Scott Drew in the win-loss percentage for their first five years. In fact, for the first 10 years, he does. It's not even close. So if you want to say, hey, you know what? Boynton should be winning more. Boynton should be drawing more offensive plays. Boynton should use the leaders on the players more. There should be better offense. There should be this. There should be this. I'm curious at actually what you would say is what you would do because Scott Drew came into this Baylor program when he was not eligible for the conference tournament. His first season, they had a postseason ban. Then the next four seasons, next three seasons in a row, he didn't even get to be 500 team. In fact, he was happy if he was 500 any of those seasons. I mean, I'm sure he that season he went 413 or 919. He's going, man, those two other seasons would have been helpful. It would have been better. And then Scott Drew starts the uptick. All right. His fifth season in, makes the tournament, goes 21-11, and then he starts kind of building some momentum from there. With Travis Ford, on the other hand, he made the tournament immediately. First two years, makes the tournament as the head coach for Oklahoma State. That's fantastic, but we know those weren't his recruits, really. Then he gets, you know, two years where he doesn't make the tournament. One year is 2014. One year he's under 500, 15-18. Then after that, Oh, a superstar, six overall draft pick, Marcus Smart. We've probably heard of him. He comes on to Oklahoma State's roster, and in back-to-back years, Oklahoma State makes the tournament and even finishes the season with AP ranks. So all this is to say, let's lay off Boynton. The Boynton hate can all catch me at the side, miss me with that crap. It's not happening. I'm a huge Boynton supporter at the end of the day. Nothing's going to change about that anytime soon. But if you want to hate Boynton, Hate him for actual stuff that you've seen because when you start looking into it, just like I have, I don't think you're going to find much. That being said here, got to bring in Jay Carlson to uh, talk more about some Cowboy basketball, talk a little bit more about Oklahoma State and success here on the court against Bedlam. Are we going to sweep OU this year? It's a chance. We could. We could. How you doing, Jake? I'm doing well. Um a lot of good points there. A lot of good Thank stuff. You. I wanted to add the uh, 18 ranked wins as well. So he's currently averaging a little over three 
per year. And in the Big 12, we know we do play a lot of ranked games, <laughs> first of all. Um, but second of all, you know, it just he's doing well in that category. So um, <clears throat> there are a couple little tidbits that I wanted to build off. Yeah. Calvin brought up um, or that you brought up because we're not talking in third person here that you brought up. So you brought up the Oakland loss, um, that one point loss. And then we lost to Wichita State. We lost to Xavier. We lost to Houston. Our USC game got canceled. So we lost four non-conference games. Um, I mean, shouldn't have lost to Oakland, but granted it was by one point. So take that for whatever it's worth. When we move into the Big 12 play, um, <clears throat> that first tech game got postponed for COVID reasons and then got rescheduled in between a, it was like Texas, it's Texas, West Virginia, Texas tech, then Baylor. It got scheduled on like a what Thursday, right? It was like a Thursday. We played like Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I think it was something like that where it was back to back frequently. So if you just look at those games, we lose to Kansas and you and I will agree. We're not as good at Kansas as Kansas is this year. We're just not. Um, I don't think we're as good as West Virginia, especially at West Virginia. And I don't think we're as good as Texas tech, but that, that leaves us at seven losses. Okay. Um, the next four losses are the ones that I really want to focus on here. We beat Baylor, we beat TCU at home by one, and then we go on a four-game losing streak. That four-game losing streak was, as most of us know, without Bryce Williams. And I've talked about this multiple times, but we lost by a total, those four games, by a total, I'm doing math real quick in my head, by 8, 11, 20 points. Yeah. Total of 20 points in four games. And people will be like, oh, Jake, that's five points. Okay, that's fine. Bryce Williams scores 12. I don't do F- I, do feel I like it makes a difference. More? I mean, you, I mean, I like, everyone should feel like, oh, wait, Bryce will. Oh, yeah, he is one of our best players. He's our he best be. on ball defender. He's our best on ball defender. We know that. Um, and if people want to tell me otherwise, you're wrong. Um, he's our best on ball defender. And coincidentally, um, I think we're like one in five this year without him, something like that, um, which I would say, you know, if we were oh and one, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, who do we play? We're, we're like one in five, one in four. That's substantial evidence to say we are just not as good of a team without him. Um, so those four losses, Texas at Texas by five, Iowa State by three in overtime, at Florida, the game I was at where they shot a gazillion free throws and then at Kansas state where we lost by three on a seven second inbound play. Um, and then we beat OU coincidentally when he comes back and he didn't even play great, but that's kind of my point. I don't necessarily think that we are a, I think on paper we're a better team than OU Mm-hmm. but 
Porter Moser is a better coach, and that's no disrespect to Mike Boynton. That's more praise for Porter Moser just because we've seen what he's done in the tournament, and I think that's pretty indicative, the guys that he's able to get to play well. Um, so they have a better coach. I don't think they have better players, but they do a lot of things really well, and I watched the entire game, and they do a lot of really good back cuts. Um they play really consistent offense, but they turn and granted most teams turn the ball over a lot. So at what point are we like, no, nah, that team turns the ball over, but they're also playing us. Um, and we just force teams to turn the ball over. So that's ultimately why, why we won the game. Um, just because we forced them to turn the ball over. Now, I don't think we haven't recorded since the Kansas state game. Correct. I don't think so. Well, we did record with Dre. We could record with Dre. We recorded with a couple days ago. That podcast is coming out today. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll be, is that, that's going at the end of this one, correct? No, that, that podcast will be on its own. Be on its own. Separate. Okay. Yeah. Um, Today. So it'll come out before this. It'll come out right before this recording, basically. Gotcha. So, you know, that Kansas state game was really frustrating for, for a multitude of reasons. Um, I thought we played pretty well for playing at Kansas state. And, you know, if you guys listen to anything that, that I talk about, you know, I'm always going to talk about free throws. Um, Free throws weren't, that's not why they won the game. Basically. It wasn't like we're playing Florida where they shoot 20 or whatever more than we did. They shot three more. They're at home. I mean, what, what what are you, what are you going to do? You know, they, they shot three more free throws at home. Um, there were a couple of calls, and I think it boiled down to one thing. One of the refs actually got hurt in this game. Um, unsure as to what happened, but he got hurt. And they called a pretty egregious 10-second call on Avery Anderson, where he was coming very quickly downhill and was probably... Um, going to make the layup had the whistle not been blown, which I think would have put us up. There was that, which is just really frustrating from the get off. And then the second one is um, the inbound play where they actually scored the game winning bucket. Musa Cisse counts. I noticed this at the Florida game. He actually like scream counts whenever he's guarding as guarding the inbounder. He got to seven. There were a lot of people that actually timed it on Twitter. So shout out to those people that timed it on Twitter and they got to, it was six seconds. Now I know you're like, ah, you know, five second call, whatever. How often does that get called? You're right. But when that five second call just happens to be the game winning shot in a game where you only have two referees opposed to three. It matters. It matters. It matters. And it matters especially when the seven footer specimen of a man is scream counting. He got to eight as the ball's being passed in. That's just what I loved about the whole thing. Is that I had yeah. I called you up later because I didn't know it was yeah. him yelling into the mic. I thought it might be a mm-hmm. fan yelling into a court mic. Yeah. And I said, Yeah, dude, who was he? Did you even pick that up? And you're like, Yeah, it was Cisa. He was yelling it. I was like, Oh, wait. So that almost to me is like, does the ref hate this dude? 
this is the ref just go, <laughs> ah, this guy's speeding up his count. Like whatever I'm trying yeah. to do, you know, like uh, if I'm trying to like work out and hold to a certain second count or just hold right. whatever, yeah. I'm definitely counting faster than you would think. Is yeah. that is the ref just like, hey, this guy's counting quicker, you know, whatever. Because, you know, if I go one, two, three, four, five, that's probably one second when I said five <laughs> numbers. It just was it just was funny to me. I was like, really? That's what we're doing here. Okay. And two things to spilled off of what you just said. Port Moser and Mike Boynton have both a 54% career winning percentage as coaches. Yeah. One is coached at Loyola Chicago and has done that for, um, gosh, this computer loads slowly, but 10 years. He coached at Loyola Chicago for 10 years. Went 26 and 5 his last year. His first year went 7 and 23. So it evened out. He's a great coach. No doubt about it. But, you know, I mean, him and Boynton have the same career winning percentage. His Loyola Chicago winning percentage is 57% even, too. So it's not, like, incredible. You know, he coached at, like, Little Rock in the Sunbelt Conference for three years, which is, that's his best winning percentage, like 60%. But still, it, it's just kind of like, um, it, it's got to be a weird line to draw here and a weird comparison to make. But at the end of the day, like, Porter Mosier, great, great coach. I'm He might be a better basketball coach overall than Boynton. But then again, yeah. he has coached... 558 games as opposed to Boynton has coached 152. So he is the tenure. Boynton will catch up, but Boynton will get better over time, right? He he is the tenure. And, you know, I've asked some people about this and I'm still unsure. Most people have, a lot of people have told me no. um, And I value their opinions. Um, Louisville has a head coaching position open right now as we know chris mack got fired it would be boyton has to be on the short list right i would think okay well let's build it out if you're if you're an ad for any other college right if you're if you're if you're but if you're the ad at st joe's and boyton is let go from oklahoma state you're snatching him up quicker than you can say anything right yeah and you're going and for the record wow, we don't believe. want him to leave for, for the record we do not <laughs> yeah. but if you're going oh i want Boynton gone because i want something new in and there is a collective of people on twitter who are applying every single time to the at osu mbb you know twitter score or yeah. whatever we don't win and sometimes even when we do win saying yeah. oh, oh boyne has got to go i just want to make sure everyone's understanding here that right now with this roster with Bryce Bloom's missing four games with a bunch of new guys in the team, bunch of switches around with a point guard who you and I've talked to our piece about Ike. He can just not shoot. I'm sorry. I would love that. He could, he just can't shoot. Right. All this mm-hmm. stuff all together. We still have a better conference record than Iowa state. OU, and West Virginia, all three who are predicted to make the tournament from Joe yeah. Lunardi's last deal. The only teams not predicted to make the tournament in the Big 12 right now is Kansas State and Oklahoma State because we can't make it, and we're also 11-11, so I get it. But in Kansas State, who's 12-10. and 10. We have the both, both of us have the two worst overall records, K-State and OSU, but you know what? Conference play, we're winning. We're winning the conference. Yeah. Boyden swept yeah. KU and OU his first year as head coach. First year. Without his players. Without his players, with Jeffrey Carroll sitting three games, I mean, it's just 
Oklahoma State went 21 and 15. Diving on, I mean, Mitchell Solomon diving on the floor to grab a loose ball over Trey Young and winning that game when Trey Young still put up like 50. Is a memory I'll yeah. just know. I'll go, I don't know if we would have done anything in the tournament. I don't know if we would even won a game. But man, if people are holding the tournament against us, there are two years out of Boynton's first four that he's full. Like, this is his fifth season. So out of his first four years where I go, man, we should have gone to the tournament three out of those four years. Definitely the first year and the third year for sure, but COVID canceled it. Yeah. And granted, like you said, he's only had three years where he's actually been able to go to the tournament. Yeah. Out of his five years, only three, one got canceled for COVID. And then we have this year and there's not much more that I can say about, I mean, Dick Vitale even said, I don't understand how you put Oklahoma in and not Oklahoma state. Didn't it, we have it's, like it's, wasn't it? It's a superstar a factor. Yeah, it's Didn't it's it's the Trey Young factor. It's the Trey Young. Yeah, I, it is. Yeah, the, the, I think OU had won like 19 games that year, and we had won 21, and those two games were over OU, and we <laughs> we didn't get in. Um, so it, you know that year is kind of a wash to me because it was clear that we got screwed, but you know. Regardless, yeah, leave leave the Mike Boynton criticism alone because at some point people are going to come calling and we're not going to be very happy about it. You and I are going to be throwing a fit, to say it nicely, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll be absurd. We'll, we'll be annoyed for, for sure, with good um, reason too. We, we have, what is it? Is it TCU tonight? Yeah, down in Fort Worth. Today. Yeah, yeah, we have TCU today in Fort Worth. Um, Saturday, again. West Virginia at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we should win today. Um, but, I mean, regardless, like, we're a good team that was hindered by the postseason stuff. Everybody knows it. And, so, and some injuries. I mean, Cissé missed mm-hmm. a couple, missed a game, I believe, or two because of a family yeah. death, death in the family. Um, granted, he hasn't been like the greatest player ever. Like I thought he might be as a huge center that we really could have used last year. But yeah, you know, great against OU. He showed out. That's the way. I mean, this is the Cissé prove it or lose it type of deal, maybe. Yeah, this is I mean, the game like this say? is a game like does he build momentum off of the OU game or is that just a flash? He just needs to dunk everything. Yeah, that's, you've that's you've been saying that. I don't disagree. I I think he wants to play like he didn't. Like a lot of guys when they come into the league are <laughs> I well in the league. When a lot of guys when they come into college basketball or they're just are no longer like clearing away the best player on the court have a hard time adjusting for sure. Like we're talking about Musa Cisse who played at Memphis and was defensive player of the conference or defensive or all defensive player first team. He was fresh yeah, freshman defensive player of the year, I think. Yeah. Something like that. He's, he's um, six foot ten and he's getting up to swat stuff off the top of the backboard. Yeah. Um we have eight games left. So 
I'm going to, I'm going to read them off to you at TCU, West Virginia at home at KU, K state at home, Baylor at home at OU at Iowa state, Texas tech at home. What is our final record ending the season? We're 11 and 11. So makes it pretty simple math wise. What is our record mm. at the beginning or at the end of the season? Sorry. Mm. All right. Well, so we know we can't make the big 12 tournament even too. just to yeah. throw that out there, which sucks. Um, man, if, if I'm being honest, I think we're five and three. We go from here. I think we end the season. So win, one more wins against TCU, West Virginia, Kansas State, and I'm gonna say OU and Iowa State. OU or I, yeah, yeah. TCU, West Virginia, K State, OU and Iowa State. I just don't. Yeah. Or or we drop one and we pick up one crazy good win too. We got Baylor at home, which. They're so good. I just, I'm not going to pick us to be Baylor. Texas Tech is also so good. And KU is also so good. I mean, all three of those teams currently in the AP rankings are like eight, nine, and 10. So for me to say, oh, we're going to beat two of those teams, you know, or or one of those teams, granted, two of them are at home. I don't think we, I'm not picking us, I'm not picking against us to beat them. Right. Right. But, man. Um, Tough, tough for tough to say for sure. I would say we probably go four and four. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. I think we go four and four. Yeah, I can definitely see that too. I are you saying like TCU? We beat TCU tonight, then beat K State, but maybe not yeah. West Virginia, or maybe OU, or maybe Iowa State. Like one of these five games, I'm counting as a win. Is impossible. Like eh. Because I'm, I'm with I, you right there. We're splitting hairs at this point. I think we beat, um, I think it's West Virginia tonight. I think it's at TCU, West Virginia, K-State at home, and then either OU or Iowa State. Mm. I think I think oh, the problem for OU, you know, is it's such a poor, we are a very bad matchup for them. We are, which is incredibly good thing. Incredibly good thing. Which is, yeah, you know, we're not complaining, but we are just such a bad matchup for them where it's like our guards are better than them. Our big men are better than them. Mm-hmm. And that is just extremely inconvenient <laughs> for them. Um, not for us, but for them, it, it sucks. So that's kind of, you know, that that's where I'm at with that. But all in all, like it, it's more just irritating that we have to be in this position in the first place where it's like kind of get to care, but we don't really get to care. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of do we do we have any bold March Madness picks? If you had to pick a final four right now, what would it be? Oh, God. Um, Without even seeing a bracket, just based on who you've seen play. I only really watch Big 12 basketball. That's what sucks about me, to be honest. So I would, but at this point, I would say um, Arizona, 
a good one. I have a hard time picking which two out of the three in the Big 12, but, you know, of like the Baylor, KU, and Tech. I've actually got Tech. So you got Tech out of those three? Yeah. I, yeah. The only thing Because March is yeah. just, a, you're spitballing, right? Like March is like, darts are just, I don't know. I just don't even, yeah. So, okay, but, but, you, but you're asking here. I mean, I think, I think it's a fair question. I'll I'll say um, yeah I'll, I'll stick with the Arizona, Arizona. I'm gonna say Baylor. I'm gonna say Scott Drew. Put a lot of stock in Scott Drew. Um, then I'm gonna say Auburn and Gonzaga. I I I know so, I'm going like cheaping out like one two in the rankings, but Auburn Gonzaga like there's I mean yeah I I have Auburn Gonzaga Tech. And it's probably either Arizona or Duke because it wouldn't surprise. I don't think Duke is very good. I watched them. I watched that entire game last night. And I mean, (laughs) go pull up the box score. If you want to know why they were in the basketball game. Um, I think they shot like 22 free throws to Virginia's nine. Um, And it was a one point game. So, you know, when, when they're playing at Cameron Indoor and Coach K's last season, so, uh, you know, that's going to happen. But, yeah, I think they might try and, like, shoe in Duke and just give them an absolute cakewalk into into the, um, the, the Final Four. Because, like, if Duke's not a number one seed, if they're a two seed, Who's the one seed that they could give them to where wouldn't Gonzaga? Yeah. We saw that last year. I mean, Banchero yeah. versus Chet Holmgren. Like, if those matchups happen, like I'm taking Banchero. Yeah. I'm taking some du- physical dude. I Holmgren's been great. He can shoot the crap out of the ball for being as tall as he is. He's an athletic, crazy guy. But I'm taking the more physical, athletic dude in comparison. And- to- the other team we're forgetting about is Purdue, who's also very good. I but think I they just, are, but what, a Big Ten team making it really far in the tournament, I just... It's it's honestly impressive how bad a lot of the college basketball conferences are this year. Um, like, well, like the Big Illinois Ten, was like the team last year, or Michigan, and then nothing. Eh. Well, Illinois is ranked 13th. They actually play Purdue tonight, which I will be uh, tuned in for. So that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, but it, it's, I don't know. I think this tournament's going to be very fun because while Auburn has almost seemed to separate themselves, I don't think that they've necessarily like done it to the extent that, I mean, they've wowed me, but I don't know if other people feel the same way. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I I think of, Auburn's pretty darn good. I think it's always going to be weird how Bruce Pearl immediately comes to any school and then they're like really good out of nowhere. But nil deals are a thing now. Like, it, real quick, did you hear the Jimbo Fisher interview where he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. There's no way that we had the best recruiting class ever in our history just because of the nil deals." If you look at every single year before then, Jimbo Fisher's been head coach at A and M. And they've never had this many. Like, there's never been this many five Jimbo stars Fisher on a team a, ever. 
he's a hypocrite. Oh, for sure. He's like, like the definition of a hypocrite. But like, uh, so you and I both listen to the Rosillo podcast every so often. I'll, mm-hmm. I frequently listen. I think you do every so often. And he had on Austin Rivers on one of the latest episodes. Shout out. We're born the same uh, same day of the year. Not the same year. He's one year older than me. But during that episode to start it out, um, or, or during the episode, excuse me, Russell's interviewing a culture football guy. I'm taking too long to say this, but basically he makes the joke of like Jimbo Fisher just doesn't know it's cool now to say, yeah, that's what we, yeah. yeah. Like the Texas article that came out, you and I both talked about this when they are paying their linemen now, like $50,000 a year for NIL deals. That's what te- Texas linemen are getting $50,000 a year NIL deals to come. Yeah. That, that should be like the article that leads for a lot of schools. It, now, granted, yeah. it doesn't sound great when your head coach is out there probably just going like, yeah, you know what? He got an NIL deal. He got an NIL deal. I'm not that valuable because I didn't do that much recruiting because they're just getting paid. But you can also go, listen, there's something that has to orchestrate all this all together and getting them here to the school, getting them here on campus and getting them around these guys definitely opens up way more possibilities than they, they, than they thought would happen. So, sorry. Two, three, five minute tangent, but still, it's kind of nil deals are going to keep changing the the world of college basketball. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, I don't know. There are a couple other hot button issues, um, not including Alvin Kamara, that I wanted to get to. Oh, yeah. Ky- Kyler Murray is is are we predicting him getting traded? No, no. You think he's just cleaning out his Instagram? I guess because people buy into that. All right, it's a weird move to unfollow <laughs> everyone on social media, basically. I mean, what's what's the exact things he did here, though? So I want to be, I, I don't know that, to be honest. I just heard I, he unfollowed the Cardinals. He unfollowed the Cardinals and took down all of his pictures. Okay. How, how quickly is Cliff Kingsbury the quality control coach at USC? Like two, three seasons? The Cardinals <laughs> made the playoffs last year. Like, what are we doing? It's going to happen. Like, it will, but like Cliff Kingsbury, he'll win the division, get fired, and then get hired at USC immediately. Yeah, probably. I don't see why not. <laughs> I mean, or I, I mean, is Lincoln Riley really going to hire them now? Because he was, he was he the USC offensive coordinator with a different head coach at USC, yeah. but not with Lincoln Riley. Kyle Murray like can, he would. It, but is Kyle like is Kyle Murray going to go play baseball for the Oakland A's? I've people think that Kyler Murray is getting traded to like Miami or Tampa Bay. What I mean, that's just the dumbest thing you could ever do if you're the Cardinals. Cardinals are in that win agree. now mode. They have JJ Watt. They have Hopkins. They have Murray. They have oh what they have AJ Green, who former Bengal. This but if you're but if you're Kyler Murray, you would want to get traded to Tampa Bay, right? Oh, for oh, for sure. I, <laughs> I wouldn't want Cliff Kingsbury as my head coach. I wouldn't want head I wouldn't want my head coach to last job before becoming an NFL coach be he got fired for working at a middle of the pack Big Twelve school, lower of the pack Big Twelve school. Yeah. In football. Like if that's if that's the Cliff Kingsbury is known for being like a good looking, well-dressed guy who recruited a bunch of quarterbacks to come to his school, but couldn't do anything with them because they couldn't play defense because like 
Patrick Mahomes has said in multiple different interviews, well, yeah, I just knew I had to take chances because I knew if we gave them the ball back, we I knew we we're going to, I knew if we gave them the ball back, they were going to score. It wasn't like our defense was going to be able to stop them. We had guys on defense, you know, he said all his piece, like love them, whatever else. But he's like, I knew they were going to score. I knew OU, I knew OSU, I knew Texas, I knew whoever. Like, if we give the ball back to them, they're going to score. So we got to, I got to take bigger chances, bigger risks. And that just goes to show you, like, Cliff Kingsbury knows one side of the ball really, really well. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm just not going to put a ton of stock in, like, Kyler Murray just being, uh, had a little, I don't want to say prima donna thing, but, like, I mean, January 2nd, he tweeted, you know, starting 2022 off right, my guys, with Arizona Cardinals. He hasn't deleted that tweet. So I don't, I don't know. You know, he's got a lot of lot of stuff about OU on his Twitter page and I'm sure on his Instagram mm-hmm. too, which is funny to me because he played there for one year. I mean, technically two, but he started for one year. He, he won the Heisman Trophy. I've got nothing against Kyler. You and I both said that. But yeah, if he's trying to force his way to a different team, you're going to lose the locker room. You're going to lose, you know whatever yeah. and his team's not bad if he thinks that it's not he's got to look inward in this situation mm-hmm. right right i mean i'm trying to look up Kyler murray like pro bowl stats because basically he threw like a pretty bad pick in the pro bowl that <laughs> last time i remember no one really cares that much about and i definitely don't but right yeah. and it just doesn't matter that much and that's it so, I mean, what's he going to go to the Eagles? The Eagles have enough assets. They have three first-round draft picks this year. They could go grab Kyler, I bet. But I, there's no way the Cardinals should even take that offer because he's he, – Am I crazy in thinking that Jalen Hurts is adequate enough to start in the NFL? I don't think you're crazy at all. If I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit with Dre. I tell you, Heineke starting a quarterback – or Jalen Hurts starting a quarterback, who are you taking? Jalen Hurts. Easily, right? And I don't think that anyone's saying, gotta get rid of Heineke tomorrow. I don't see the no. Washington Commanders getting any, yeah, if anyone saw my eyes there, sorry. But I don't see the Washington Commanders doing anything different. And also, the headline for Arizona sports is that Cardinals quarterback, Kyle Murray tosses three touchdown passes in Pro Bowl. And then the next day, he unfolds all the cardinal stuff or whatever so i mean it's just what like whatever you know slow, whatever slow news day slow whatever probable <laughs> week has just not been super exciting because of whatever reason no one's popped off with a quote or an interview or something yeah. like that that's broken the internet yet so it's what it is i'm just not putting much stock into it i mean what yeah, kyler wants I, to be traded for dak you know Throw to his buddy CD Lamb, who is also an OU guy. Like, what are we doing? I'm I'm just saying I am I am on the market for pro football teams. Um, it has nothing to do with changing the commander's name. It has everything to do with um I won't I can't watch them. So well, also you're not gonna live that close to them anymore either. You're in a I'm little not you, you gotta you've got to move coming up here and, this year. So and you know, as much as I can be a Washington football team fan i i refuse to go to that dumpster fire of a stadium so um yeah i will be uh future on the market uh so we'll we'll see 
we'll see where I'm at next year with pro football. Um, I do vividly remember saying it about like week eight or so that I was jumping on the Bengals bandwagon. I have the receipts. So if anybody wants them, I can give them to you. Um, so I will be rooting for the Bengals, but, um, I don't know if the Bengals will be my free agent destination as an NFL fan. I will also probably be on the market for both NFL and NBA very soon because um, I can. I'll still root for the Wizards. I haven't watched one single Wizards game this year, to be honest. Okay. Um, None of them are on national television. Obviously, I live in Atlanta. Um, Actually, wait. Have I seen a Wizards game this year? I, th- I actually, the only Wizards game I've seen this year is in person. Mm. Diana took me to a Wizards game. So that was the only one. They lost, of course. Um, so, yeah, I will be, uh, I don't know, but might be might be slim pickings out there on the West Coast for basketball teams. Yeah, I don't see becoming a Lakers or Clippers fan at all, Absolutely or Warriors not. or Kings fan either. I don't you know, know. You might go Suns. Suns will be closest I, to I was, you. I was gonna say. <laughs> then you know the other team. But then you're that, a Chris uh, Paul fan, so I don't know how that's gonna work out for I you. I don't have to. I don't have. I, I can Devin get a Booker Mikhail fan? Bri- Mikhail Bridges. Fair. Big Mikhail Bridges fan. I feel bad for him because his own mother's team traded him. Um. So. You know, and I also really like it. Um, I like a lot of the Suns players. And they're on TV all the time because they're good now. So that's fun. But, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what next year holds for my free agency. If anybody wants to... Uh, submit some bids. Re- yeah, submit some bids. I will take um, literally pennies to, to root for your team as long as it's not any team in Philadelphia. Thunder, Oklahoma State Thunder. I'm pushing all my chips in. Flag is behind me here. <laughs> Got a couple pennies on the desk here, loose. Just I, I would, I would like them to be in playoff. Contention. I found a quarter. <laughs> I got a quarter. I would like them to be in playoff contention. Wow, two quarters, Jake. Anyways, I mean, we'll see. It's a, it's a fun topic going into the next NBA season. Yeah. Are, Maybe Pelicans, CJ McCollum, bunch of other trade news coming on with them. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Um. Does a team move to Vegas in the next five years? Are you asking, does it actually happen or should it happen? Because it should happen, but I'm think, I don't happen. think it does. It, uh, I don't think so. You don't think an NBA team moves to Vegas in five years? No, I think an expansion team for Vegas and Seattle is the next thing's coming. You because because so, so what what other finally be in the Eastern Conference where they should be. <laughs> Yeah, they can finally move Memphis and New Orleans to the Eastern Conference. I know. Crazy you know, Memphis idea, is in the Northwest Division, I believe. Actually, yeah, I actually need to yeah. look this up. I don't think they are anymore, and the divisions really don't matter at all in basketball at all anymore. We're, but they, but it matters for travel. Weren't they in the same division with the Thunder? Because it was like well, yeah. Utah and Sacramento. Yeah, and... They're, they're not, though. Um, the Northwest Division is Minnesota, Utah, Portland, Denver, and Oklahoma City. That's dumb. That's dumb. Because 
Oklahoma City should obviously be in a division with Houston, San Antonio, <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> Call me crazy, but I might be onto something here. Um, but that's the that's but but that's where Memphis leaves. Oklahoma City switches. Then you got yep. Seattle going back to playing it's Portland easy. a bunch, whatever, and you're good. It's easy. I I would love to see the NBA expand, mostly because I just think a an expansion draft would be really fun just in general. Um, so I would like to see those two cities get an NBA franchise very soon. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I would as well. I'd love to see those two cities get NBA franchises. I don't necessarily think Seattle should not have basketball. Yeah. And it's, I'm more than happy that we have the Thunder and it moved and it worked out the way it did. But then again, not saying it's the best way it should have happened. What do you make about this? And I think it's finalized here. The Indiana Pacers. I mean, they're, they're, making, they're making some moves here. So they have Sabonis going mm-hmm. to the Kings. And they've got Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald coming back to Indiana. Yeah, that is uh doesn't make very much sense. It it appears that um the Kings don't care about being good. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um I have no issues with Sabonis, but I never in a million years do I think that I would trade Sabonis for Buddy Heald and Halliburton, especially when you just drafted Halliburton and he's doing really well. Um, I don't know. I mean, choosing, choosing to trade Halliburton as probably the centerpiece of that trade over Fox or Davion Mitchell is just bizarre to me. It doesn't make very much sense. And, and and it won't, it won't make much sense. I Sacramento dug themselves into this. They can definitely dig themselves right back out, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Of like they have three guards who all technically play the same position. Mm-hmm. Right? They have Darren Fox, who they signed to a massive deal, who it seems like doesn't really have much trade value because of how big his deal is and that he can't really shoot that well at all. And they have Davion Mitchell, who point guard, undersized point guard. But yeah. you know, what it is what it is. Um it 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 all just works out like it's it's you had you could have yeah. picked the best out of the three and then had that guy kept that guy moved on but instead of letting that play out and seeing the future it's like let's get Saponis this year and swing for the fences when it should have yep. this, this should have been a king's trade marvin bagley and muddy healed for some future assets for next year and move on yeah i agree i agree so well jake you know what um great podcast as always thanks so much for yeah yeah, you know, have me on, or excuse me, joining me here. Of course. I had you on. Yeah, either way. Uh, that being said here, there are three podcasts, maybe a fourth bonus episode of me really ranting about Blaine, but I doubt that one ever see the light of day. But three podcasts coming out here, maybe today, today slash tomorrow. So please follow more for more information at the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And we'll catch you guys again soon. Peace. See ya.